Welcome to Elevate Health Podcast, sponsored by Elevate Health of Pierce County, Washington. This episode features a community care conversation hosted by Robert Marshall Wells, Elevate Health's Director of Communications. Today's conversation is the second in a two-part conversation about the Key Peninsula, a geographically isolated and rural part of Pierce County. Robert's guest is Anne Nesbitt, Fire Prevention Specialist and Public Information Officer for the Key Peninsula Fire Department. Now, here's our host, Robert Marshall-Wells. Hello, I'm Robert Marshall-Wells, host for this episode of Elevate Health's Community Care Conversations podcast. Our guest today is Ann Nesbitt, Fire Prevention Specialist and Public Information Officer for the Key Peninsula Fire Department. This is the second half of a two-part conversation about Pierce County's Key Peninsula. Our earlier discussion was almost exactly one year ago with Susan and Ben Paganelli of Key Peninsula Healthy Community Coalition. I encourage our listeners to do a search for that conversation, which will provide great context for this conversation. And thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. So um, let's get to know you a little bit, please. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what does the um, fire prevention specialist and public information officer do? (laughs) Well, good question. Um, Hello, everybody. My name is Ann Nesbitt, and I am not only an employee of Key Peninsula Fire Department, but I'm also a resident and community member of the Key Peninsula community. I have been living out there for 17 years. Single mom, raised two kids who went through the public school system, and I've been lucky enough to live where I work. Um, I was a tech at St. Anthony briefly early in the days, and then I got a full-time job with the fire department, but since I've lived out here pretty much since 2008, I have also been a volunteer firefighter. So I really jumped with two feet into the EMS world. Um, My paid job with the fire department is prevention specialist, Mm -hmm. which really is a fancy way of saying a fire teacher. Mm. I um, am the community outreach person. I go into the schools and other community organizations and talk about fire and life safety. Our biggest program is with the school district where I go basically pre-K all the way. I follow kids all the way up into high school, um, teaching various different subjects on, you know, what's a smoke alarm to mental health, which Mm -hmm. is what we're talking with our older students. And then teach CPR, safe sitter and things like that. Uh, Public information means I get to be in the hot seat and uh, talk with the media, do press releases and things like that. All that good stuff. Yes. Right. All right. Very good. What are the challenges associated with with your job and um, particularly working in a place like the Key Peninsula that's so geographically isolated? You know, one of the biggest challenges that I have is uh, just with my job is I am the only person doing it. Mm, so right. it's a it's a division, it's a department of one. Mm. And there's so much the fire industry is changing and we are a reactive industry. Mm-hmm. However, the shift is really becoming proactive, which mm. is where edu- the education piece is really important. Right. And uh, it'd be great to have more 
boots on the ground because there's so many messages. We want to educate people from everything, from having a fire escape plan to how to treat your diabetes, how to make your home safe so you can age gracefully in your home, mm. you know, all these things. Right. Um, you know, every 911 call that we respond to is, again, not only an aid opportunity, but it is also an educational opportunity. Um, so that that's just one challenge that I face. I just don't have enough time. Um, the biggest challenge I think the department faces is we're a rural community and I don't want to be a button pusher. We're in Pierce County and there are great resources available in Pierce County. Mm -hmm. We suffer on the Key Peninsula by the resources not being readily available to our community. Um, you know, the closer to town you are, the closer to Tacoma, resources are closer. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, homeless needs. Uh, you know, we don't have a shelter. Uh, our closest shelters for people that really need them are Bremerton or Tacoma. And often we have to get them there. You know, there isn't a bus system. Um, all things that, you know, with all of our social struggles and, um, you know, challenges that we have kind of get enlarged the further away from the resources you get. So that is the biggest challenge, I think, um, as a department that we have. A lot of our calls are medical aid calls. And sometimes if we had the resources that are easily attainable that our city departments have, the job would be easier not only on us, but for our community members. Right, right. And for those who are not familiar with um, the KP or only drive through it on their way to or from the beach once a year. Can you just give us a geographic description? What What is it? Why is it so isolated? And what is it that makes um, access to services so difficult? You know, that is a funny question because I can, I'll give you a geographic reason, but then it's just one of these goofy things that honestly you don't realize that it's really the truth until you live out there mm. or work out there. Okay. Um, so if you know where Gig Harbor is, yes. we're a hard left from Gig Harbor. And you actually cross a bridge, which, yes, is a body of water. And something about that bridge makes us an island. Hmm. It's bizarre. Um, we're part of the Kitsap Peninsula. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we are an island, but the we are a peninsula, so it's three sides. But that in and of itself makes us isolated. Mm -hmm. um, we are just one long straight, you know, two-lane highway uh, with offshoots. Right. And that's the key peninsula. Our mutual partners are Gig Harbor and South Kitsap. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just something being in the corner there. It's kind of an odd corner. Yeah. Uh, that makes resources difficult to get. Um, we talk and we practice a lot about preparedness. So let's just talk about earthquake. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that if the big one happens, we're always talking about that. Yeah. We're preparing for that. Right. Gig Harbor is going to get resources after Tacoma does. Right. Right. Get, Key Peninsula is going to be fighting for stuff. And it's going to be because you cross a bridge. And mm -hmm. often I, I share this this feeling a lot in meetings. However, when people that aren't of the community work out there, they go, oh, my gosh, you're right. right. They're just the resources don't make it to that end. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's a challenge. I will, I'm going to give a nod to uh, Pierce County Health and also to the, um, the FEMA of Pierce County mm-hmm. and Tacoma. They, as a community partner, kind of were on the radar and they are reaching out and they're helping us be that resource and um, have information and things that aren't readily available. Um, but that's just because of relationships that we've forged. Um, and we're very fortunate to that, but we have to work hard for those things. And that's just another thing on the plate of the fire department. Mm -hmm. Also being the peninsula and a, and a small community without, uh, government hubs, we, as part of the fire department are looked at by the community as the information center Mm. from everything, get my cat out of the tree to what do I do about the homeless situation or, um, how do I, you know, it's things that normally you'd go to a county office right. if you lived in Tacoma. Right. So that's another challenge. Right. Um, COVID really exacerbated a lot of that. Uh, so we all emerged from it, but it really kind of highlighted where resources just weren't coming. Having no internet is a constant, and right. that's a battle that peep everyone, anybody that has a stake is, is waging. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's things that we tend to take for granted, those of us who live in communities that have those things. Right, right. You also mentioned the fact that uh, you're on the uh, Kitsap Peninsula, but you're actually in Pierce County. Right. So a lot of people don't really know that you are in Pierce County, that you're part of Pierce County. Right, The assumption is, oh, I crossed the bridge. I must be in... I'm in something. Someplace. They're looking for the fruit check stand (laughs) because it feels like I've been driving forever, right? right? But yeah, if you look at a map... um, you know, we are connected by land to the Kitsap area, but we're still part of Pierce County. Right. And uh, even our addressing system. I mean, there's so many goofy things that have affected us mm-hmm. just by being that little slice of land right. um, and part of a big county. Because Pierce County is huge, but uh, we are a small little entity in it, just kind of fighting to be heard. We're kind of like our own little Whoville. Yeah, yeah. Saying that we're here and help us. So we're talking about the fact that it is so remote and and isolated, um, both geographically and in some ways psychologically, but it's a special place. What makes it special? I really appreciate you saying that uh, because it really is it. I love every other place I've ever been to, but I will (laughs) say that the Key Peninsula community is, I have never seen a community support their own like this community. Um, you know, let's be honest, our communities and our world are very diversified now. Mm-hmm. And we experience that on the Key Peninsula as well. However, if there is a citizen in need, part of that KP family, everybody, it doesn't matter who they voted for, what they believe in, what religion, their culture, everybody rallies. And we support one another. And that is what's magic. And that's what makes it really special. Um, and I have never run into that anywhere else. And, you know, bake sales happen and spaghetti feeds happen (laughs) and money raised goes to families to help. So that is, again, something that until you've experienced it, it doesn't seem real, but it really is a thing. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So, um, turning to health issues, uh, from your perspective, what are the most urgent health-related concerns on the Key Peninsula? What are you dealing with? 
Uh, you know, it's still, it's still the big ones. I mean, we do have, um, you know, the, the, the drug issue is everywhere. Um, and we are, we haven't escaped that. Um, we do have homeless population. Um, I wouldn't say that our call volume, if you looked at it statistically Mm -hmm. that you go, Ooh, yeah, gosh, you're getting a lot. Um, but things like mental health and how that affects people, um, that's part of the the EMS onion because sometimes you go for oh a back pain, but it's really because they're suffering from a different challenge, mm. and that's really why you're there. Right. Um, you know, we have uh, heart and cardiac issues mm. are still very widespread, and also there are pockets of uh, aging community members that are quite big, and uh, that has. C- influenced our fallen slip uh, uh calls uh where right. people need aid just to kind of do uh the basic things us sure. uh, you know it could be as simple as i need help changing my smoke alarm batteries mm-hmm. to help me get my husband into bed because i can't manage it uh we're very very fortunate that we now have uh the mustard seed village which is an assisted living it's going to be paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really our first year. People are still moving in, but it's the first time that we actually have a place that not only can our community members, but I know we're going to attract people who will be our community members, right. yeah. uh, can be there. And it's, uh, a beautiful, beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, the saddest calls I, I shared that I'm a single parent. And the ones that stick with me are the people that um, have been suffering for long periods of time without help, and it's because they've been alone. So, you know, our older community is forgotten, and that's a social problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that does, that has its impacts too. You talked about um, having to cross the bridge, which is the Purdy Spit, is what you're referring yes. to. So it's not just the Narrows Bridge, but then they also people also have to cross the Purdy Spit. Right. Um, what's the nearest hospital? And then, in terms of other healthcare providers or social services, what? Um, how do people access those? So uh, the nearest hospital for the Key Peninsula is St. Anthony's. And it has been there, gosh, has it been 12 years? Yeah, somewhere About in like that. 12, so that was years. a really big thing for that area because- And that's in Gig Harbor. It's in Gig Harbor. Uh, it has brought those services a lot closer, and it really changed our transport game because it used to be everybody went over the Narrows. So we were either going to Tacoma General or St. Joe's. For everything. So our wow. turnaround time has been cut in half and resources are, are much closer. Um, social services. Uh, you mentioned the Paganellis at your, your other visit with the KP. Right. You know, they're a, a group that's working with uh, new health community partners that are trying to bring in health services, social, social services. Mm-hmm. And it's great that they're there, but they're still a very big population that doesn't want to sign on a piece of paper to get help. And uh, there's, you know, trust issues. Yeah. Um, there, I'm also, this is not part of the fire department. This is just an and thing. I'm part of the key free clinic 
And that is really something that we started to try and capture those people that that don't have a primary care, mm-hmm. that um, didn't want to have to join an entity to get the care. Right. And um, we've had some success with our uh, foreign partners and then also our homeless people that just kind of want to come in as a one name, not share any other information to get some, some health help. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a huge topic of conversation, not only mental health, social services, uh, childcare is a big, big mm. thing. Um, again, help for the elderly, just general, general medicine. Right. Um, and although they're there, they're not accessible to everybody. Part of that is transportation. Uh, uh, you read my mind. Was that mind. it? Was that, that the next You thing? read my mind. Talk yeah. to me about transportation. So before I lived there, there was a Pierce County bus route, mm-hmm. and then it was taken away. I think budget cuts, things like that. Right. So there has been big efforts to get some sort of transportation system out on the key to bring people to the resources if the resources weren't there. Um, we've had things like Community Bus Connects, which was a grant-funded use of school buses that had mm. stops that would provide services. Okay. A lot of our nonprofits have vans, and they will pick people up and bring them to things. Right. A big issue is I, I have a doctor appointment. How do I get to town to right. make it? Right. Um, the, you know, one entity gives out gas cards to help people with fuel because, mm. gosh, fuel is posing another problem for us, right? Right, sure. Um, I can share that this holiday season through Robin Denson's work in the county, they're going to have a holiday shuttle, which is going to be basically end of November through December to help people get around, get the shopping, get food, things like that. For those who don't know, Ann Robin Denson is? Uh, Pierce County, newly elected. Council member. Yep, council yeah, member. Right. Um, so that is an effort. But yeah, that's a grant and that's a finite time period. Right, right. So transportation is big. Ubers don't happen out there. You can call an Uber, but you can, they're not coming. I don't coming. know. I don't know if it's guaranteed. <laughs> when you see a taxi cab, you do not a double take, but a triple take because mm. you just don't see them. Right. Um, is it possible to get a taxi? Yes. But we don't have shuttles, taxis, mm-hmm. those sort of things. So it really um, is up to people getting rides. Um, and many families are a single car family. So if someone's using the car to get to work, then other people are using it on their own. You know, it'd be, again, just as a personal thing, uh, you know, having kids in high school mm-hmm. or middle school as they get older, sports. Right. Oh, How do you yeah. get them to, to right. the sport things? How do I get them home? I have to work. Right. You know, so that's where other family relationships, again, that KP thing, not saying it doesn't occur other places, but... There is kind of a lifeblood of you've got to help each other out or we're just not going to get to things. Right, right. And again, just to lay out the, the lay of the land, literally, uh, it's one lane in each direction. Yes. And it's a windy road in many places. Yes, and yes. without street lights, dark. Yep. Is it walkable? 
Uh, well, I'm going to say it is walked, but I wouldn't call it walkable. Walkable. <laughs> it, uh, it is. There's no sidewalk. Uh, there's been a big push to get sidewalks at least in key center, which is really the middle of the key. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see people walking all the time. And sadly, they're always wearing dark clothing. And uh, I'm actually surprised that we haven't had more incidences of... Heaven forbid. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it actually has uh, kind of inspired a campaign that uh, we've started at the fire department called ICU. Mm. And we give out uh, reflective vests to people that just so they can be seen. Right. Um, Especially going into winter. Yeah. Things are dark early and longer. So, yeah. Yes. It's it's tough. That's tough out there. We'll be back with more of this community care conversation in just a moment. The Elevate Health podcast is a series produced by Elevate Health of Pierce County, Washington. Elevate Health's mission is to lead collective action towards an equitable and healthy Pierce County. For more information, visit elevatehealth.org. And what are some of the um, barriers that that uh, impact access to these services we're talking about? I mean, we're talking about transportation, obviously, but I'm sure there are others, are there not? Uh, yeah, we mentioned the Internet. And, you know, kind of the hardest and biggest is, well, you know, tell me about what your barriers are. And we're going to push out a survey to find that out. It's assumed that everybody has the technology to do the survey. I mean, we've, we have families that are homesteading and they don't have electricity and they're making it work and they're living their best lives and more power to them, but they don't have social media. So they're not following that survey on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Um, they uh, are still reading the Key Peninsula news that comes to their mailbox every week. That is their source of, every week. I'm sorry. It's um, monthly news. Mm. Um, but, you know, I pushed out a survey and I'm sending it to emails. Not everyone has a computer so they can access that. So, you And know, if they have a computer, they may not have a or internet they know how access. To use it. Or, 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 or how I mean, to use we it. get a lot of, you know, we do burn permits and we've gone totally um, electronic with it. But often we get people at our counter. I can't I can't make this work. Can you fill it out for me? You know, so we still have a lot of paper to pen living people out there. So our barriers are. You know, access is one of those kind of cliche words. I don't have access. And what does that mean? It's either knowing what I'm missing. How do I get to that address? How do I find it? And, um, you know, so I've got 10 families that need transportation. Well, 10 families in all of Pierce County do not rate with a big enough number to get a bus stop out there. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So part of that's the rural community. We don't have a high concentration of a million people where it makes fiscal sense to serve it. However, the need is still there. Um, Homelessness is big. Uh, We have a lot of families that are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck is generous. I'm one of those people. We have people that are clawing their way through one paycheck and it's not enough. And our food banks are doing a wonderful job. 
uh, of supporting them, but how do they get to the food bank? Right. And the food banks are delivering food, but then we need volunteers to drive the food there. So again, it's a social onion. Um, (laughs) We have a lot of solutions and a lot of loving, hardworking people providing services, but also like any small town, you have the same group of people who are constantly providing the services. Some mm. of them are getting older and are, and are just kind of either running out of steam or their right. health isn't great. So right. how do we backfill with new energy, yes. new providers, all of that? Right. I think our crack research team has given us the uh, population for... Yes, just the and it's 18,318. Uh-huh. And that's per uh, the 2020 um, survey. And I know that they even had problems recruiting enough people to want, who wanted to go out and count noses mm-hmm. on the key mm-hmm. to get, get the latest. In all likelihood, that's an undercount, too, because of the homelessness or unsheltered situation, is it I not? I think that... I'm really glad you brought that up because, and this doesn't sound very nice, but I read a statistic on how many homeless people are out there, and I really feel like they kind of looked through binoculars from Gig Harbor and said, ah, I'm <laughs> guessing there's probably about this many because we have some pretty significant camps out there that definitely are bigger numbers than what people realize. So that raises a question for me, Anne. How in the world do you get services to people who are living out in the environment, especially as, yeah, as the fire department. Yeah, I mean, well, um, you know, sadly, we really go there only when we're called, which is sad because they need the services almost before the 911 call. Right. And sadly, a lot of it is, you know, most of our interactions with the big camps are during the summer when a fire gets out of hand or things like that. Um, our county sheriff probably has more interactions with them. We used to have a wonderful, wonderful person. His name's Sam Miller. I'm going to name drop him. And he's a comedian now uh, sharing his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, on a grant, would go out there and walk the key and walk through the woods and he had tents and he had sleeping bags and he would wow. build relationships. He was a wonderful, wonderful resource for us. Um, and that kind of connection is what we need. We need people who have the resources and that's like, we've been talking, it can be a bunch of things to actually go out there personally and make that contact. And often, um, you know, again, it's a trust thing. So mm-hmm. our food banks are a great resource. They have relationships, and I kind of leverage that because they have the relationship, and they can say, "Anne's Anne's a good person." You, you know, can vouch trust her. for me. Right. Yep, trust her, and then that's my in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I hold a free blood pressure, come to the Long Branch Improvement Center and get it. Many people won't because. So what are you going to do if I come there? Are you going to take my name? Are you going to get me in trouble? Are you going to, you know, um, the Key Peninsula is great because if you don't want to be found, it's a great place to hide. hide. There's a lot of woods there. Hide in Um, plain sight. Yeah, yeah. So this time of year, um, I think it's harder to blend in. The need is bigger. Our our exposure calls, there's a slight increase Mm -hmm. just because the elements are there. right. Um, 
but it's, it's tough, tough living. Um, and you know, then the, we have people that are squatting in, in, in homes that have been sealed up for the season and Mm. they'll look, looking for shelter or looking for a dry place and they're gonna, they're gonna go where they can. The Key Peninsula is not without the same social problems and challenges that everywhere faces. We mm-hmm. just have less boots on the ground with the resources to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things. One, you said camps, multiple. There are multiple camps. Yes. So these are... Multiple, yeah, and that camp could be uh, four people, but it could be 15. Wow. Depending. And, you know, there's some that are closer to Gig Harbor, and there's some that are way down south at the end of the key. There's some that are right off the highway, and there's some that are off the side chutes. Um, And, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing in 2023 that that would be the case. So my next question for you is, this is devil's advocate. I don't mean to sound hard-hearted, okay. but I, <clears throat> I want to, I'm going to lob you a softball. Why should someone who lives elsewhere in the county be concerned about people who have chosen to live so far from everyone else? Put it that way. I would appeal to just the humanity. It's like, why are we concerned about what's happening in Israel or Mm -hmm. the Ukraine or Mm -hmm. anything like that? Mm -hmm. Um, We have to start, it's not money, but putting our money where our mouth is. And if there are many that preach solidarity, love, teamwork, unity, but we don't treat our own that way. And, um, you know, if anything has become evident, like for me, that that caring and that love and what can be accomplished working together far surpasses what like one good soul can do. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place to like really change a life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use an example. The key free clinic uh, got a little bit of heat because we're, we, we're just reopening again after uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, there's been some, well, you're not getting that many patients. I don't know. Is it worth it? That kind of thing. Right. Uh, so we, uh, right now we're just open once a month just because of time really. Mm-hmm. And we had one individual come. He was not doing well. Didn't look good. Any EMS, she goes sick, not sick. Right. Just based on looks, right. he looks sick. Uh, we, we hooked them up. You got labs that's partnered with St. Anthony's oh, wow. all for free okay. labs. Um, he came back the next month, changed person. And we were like, you know what? We've done it. All we need, we made a difference for this one person. And that's what it's all about. So if everybody did that, whether they're in the country or the city or on an island, mm-hmm. what sort of change would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, that wave is really important. And I think ultimately why people should be concerned about people way out in the country is eventually that whatever it is, if you want to think about uh, illness or elder care or a fallen slip, it's going to impact you mm. one day. Right. Um, you know, helping develop a program 
is going to maybe help somebody you care about mm-hmm. one day. Right. Um, you, it's like you never know when you're going to need 911. And some people say, well, I'm never voting for a levy. I'm not going to support it until the day that they need it. <laughs> and even if they didn't vote for it, 911 is still coming. Still coming. Right? right? So even if uh, I'm 53, I'm not worried about getting elder care yet. But if I support it and help develop a program, then it'll be there when I need it. Um, my parents, they live in my community, and I want to make sure that they are secure, supported, because that's what we do. We help each generation. So it's more about how are we going to leave it better for the next person? And that shouldn't have a border. It should just be because we're human. Shouldn't have a border. It shouldn't be determined by population, geography, geography or, or culture, code. yes, skin color, gender identity. I mean, at the end, we all are human. And, um, you know, when we stop caring about that, then we really are in trouble. One final question I want to ask you about, if I could, please. I understand that you, you do a lot of work with uh, mental health, um, particularly with kids, particularly with teens, and that you work with the Peninsula School District. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? What, I'd what's, love to. The, what's that all about? I got involved with mental health when I actually was working at uh, St. Anthony. There was a suicide pact with teens, and we had uh, one or two deaths connected to it. Mm. And then I heard about the Gig Harbor Key Peninsula Suicide Coalition that was made up of social workers, teachers, general citizens. And I joined that um, because I thought, gosh, with me, I get teased a lot, but I think change can be made through education. So I just wanted to be armed with more knowledge. And then really the snowball started getting bigger, bigger, and then started rolling. Um, I got certified along with some other friends to deliver lessons on the signs of mental health challenge Mm -hmm. and then suicide too. And it's something that I partner with the head counselor at Peninsula School District. Her name is Becky Maffei. And she and I go into Peninsula High School and Gig Harbor High School. And we talk about self-care and then uh, mental health and suicide awareness. It's mm. a two-day thing. And we go into the health classes. And it's been really well received. And I just, every time I'm just so energized by our youth because they understand, they have a voice, they know it, they get it. They just need the adults around them to honor that. Mm-hmm. And then through the Tacoma Pierce County Health Department, they got a grant for new curriculum called Teen Mental Health First Aid. And the teen mental health is part of a big umbrella called Mental Health First Aid. It's a Australian curriculum. Mm -hmm. And the teen was actually inspired and funded partially by Lady Gaga. Uh, That is all about educating teens, just written for teens, Mm because Becky and I have been kind of like, here's adult stuff. We're going to, we need to bring it to our youth. But this teen curriculum is really key because it's written for teens. And the subject matter is all the same, whether you're talking to an adult, a senior, or a teen, Mm -hmm. it's the word use that's different. So there's your access. 
Another mm-hmm. access thing would be language. Mm. So the teen curriculum really uses very accessible language. And a key component to the teen curriculum is when we go into the schools that we have to have a certain percentage of adults trained in adult first aid. Mm. So when we tell teens, go to a trusted adult, there's actually adults that are trusted trusted. adults that know what they're saying (laughs) when the kid comes, right? right? Right. So it's been a multi-layered approach, but uh, super proud. Last year, we did all of Henderson Bay except for the ninth graders because the curriculum is only 10th, 11th, 12th. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. But we had all the adults trained. That's fantastic. So, gosh, it was like a little pod of, I don't know, success. And it's tough. I mean, some it, it is tough. We talk about being afraid of school shootings. We talk about suicide. We talk about, um, you know, mental health challenge. But we talking about it reduces the stigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. if we don't talk about it, it's scary. Yes. And what you don't know, you make answers up mm-hmm. for. And I will tell you that our youth and many of our adults have lived experience that make them situational experts, but they just need avenues on what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's been really, really well received. We actually, we have another class that we're trying to get going for Gig Harbor High School students that have requested it. So we're hoping to do that next week. Um, so that's exciting. That and the, the last class we did was over the summer and we had kids sign up and come. Wow. For, yeah, over the summer on their vacation. And we had 20 kids do it. So um, that's been one aspect. And it's kind of funny that you have to go in and teach self-care. But as an adult, and I, I'm one of those people where you're like, yeah, 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 and whatever. Like, I feel like I'm connected to myself. You know, I know myself, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. But just like in the last couple of years, I have been experiencing, hey, I have to draw boundaries in these areas. And it is a struggle to keep those boundaries there. The that world is, has changed, hasn't it? it? And oh the my world gosh. has changed since so, we were kids. Yeah. So right? we're talking to these kids about, you know, what do you do to fill your bucket? How do you make, how do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do this. It's okay to say, hey, I need to read my book for a little bit. Or, you know, my, I use my daughter who hates it as examples often. <laughs> but you can turn <laughs> she's off, always you, can tu- it. you can turn this off now, honey. <laughs> yeah. But she just really wanted to come home and lay on her bed. And that was a recharge for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of goofy, but it worked for her. And I honored that, you right. know. I'm doing a crazy thing with friends where we go swimming in the sound all year round. And that is a giant charge. And I do it because it's a little weird and I like that. But some people really get a superpower from yeah, it. Yeah, And, um, you know, teaching people... Self-care is important is so linked into mental health awareness Mm -hmm. because all of that is connected. So it's good. It's uh, a dialogue is starting. It's more and more people are talking about it. The momentum's growing. We're changing the way we talk about it. Language I brought up is an access point. You know, we don't want to say 
um, committed suicide because mm-hmm. committed is a word with very negative people commit crimes. Uh, yeah, completed. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm. live in an area with the Narrows Bridge that has a high percentage of people that use that as a source. So, um, you know, it needs to be something talked about socially. And I think people are. So I'm pretty proud of that work. All right. Last question, Ann. What gives you hope? You know, conversations like this do. Uh, I love that people still are having face-to-face conversations. We haven't lost that. Um, and you know what? I One of my proudest achievements is my momhood. And our future generations coming up, beautiful, in touch, passionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah people with a great message. And I really am hopeful that they're going to continue in a positive direction. And I love the movements of people sticking up for themselves, who they are, what they believe in, what they feel. I support that 100% and I'm right there with them. But that is important. And that even though it's a struggle, that voice is being fought for that fight is important. So that gives me hope. Fantastic. Ann Nesbitt of the Key Peninsula Fire Department, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. It's been a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please support the work of Elevate Health by sharing this show with your friends and colleagues and by leaving a rating and review. Please also like, subscribe, and follow Elevate Health Podcast wherever you are listening so that you will never miss an episode. Again, Ann, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. This episode of the Elevate Health Podcast was produced by Kelsey Horn, Robert Marshall Wells, V. Whitmarsh, and Joshua Wiersma. Original music was composed by Riley Eggy. And the podcast was engineered and edited by Joshua Wiersma. Please support the work of Elevate Health by sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues and by leaving a rating and review. Please also like, subscribe, and follow Elevate Health podcasts wherever you are listening so that you will never miss an episode.